Hi, I'm Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired, armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Holly Knoll, business coach and creator of the course, The Consultant Code. I help ambitious professionals start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. Today on the podcast, I am so excited to have my dear friend, Jeff Chang. Jeff is an entrepreneur and a serious creative when it comes to business. Jeff has moved from his corporate life into the world of golf and creating beautiful designs of hats and accessories and clothing all around the golf game. So Jeff's products stand out, I think, more than anything else I've seen in the golf world. He's going to tell us a little bit about his process, how he got to where he is today, and really where he gets his inspiration and motivation from. So Jeff, welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so happy you're here. Thank you so much for taking the time and welcome. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I, I want to just start out by how we know each other. I, mm-hmm. I met you through one of my very best friends, Esther. Esther and I have known each other a long time, living in San Francisco, and you are Esther's husband. Yes. And I was in your wedding quite a few years ago. Twenty Was that 2015? 2015, correct. March. Yes. And that was actually a very pivotal day for just being a little selfish here for a hot minute. That was a very pivotal day for me, unbeknownst, because your photographer was someone that has since taught me pretty much everything I know when it comes to social media. Your photographer was Jasmine Starr. And that was the day that I, I think from a business perspective, when I look at my business, I met this woman and I'm like, who is she? Her energy is incredible. And I want to know everything about what she has to say about business. And I started following her. It's been fun watching her grow and we'll, we'll definitely jump into your business. But I just think because your wedding was just such a pivotal moment for my business because I met Jasmine. And so, yeah, thanks for having Jasmine photograph your wedding. (laughs) Yeah. She was actually recommended by my Um, brother-in-law and it kind of, kind of worked out that way, huh? Yes, that woman. She she gets she she's well known. So tell us about your business. D Hudson is the name of your business. Tell us about what what it is that you do and what how do you share your gifts with the world through D Hudson? Um, great question. Um, so D Hudson is a golf started off as a golf headwear company, and the golf industry fashion has kind of been stale. Um, for a long time, and it needed to be revamped. I think golf got kind of, you know, stale in sense of the type of people that watch it, the people that play it, and um, it needed to head in a little different direction. So I chose the hat to kind of, as a starting point, to brand my company. 
So what I did is use the under visor, the part under the bill, because that's not a utilized space on a hat, and put golf messages there. Nice. You're wearing one of your hats right now. So tell mm-hmm. us about the tell us about the hat that you're wearing now, and you know where did you get your inspiration for that? Because each of your hats are so unique and different, and I do think that is what differentiates your hat from like a boring Nike hat. Sorry, Nike, but a boring Nike hat with a, just a regular old swoosh on the side, uh, on the on the or on the top, whatever you call that part. But your designs are truly beautiful and unique, and and, and so different from anything I've ever seen, for sure. Just in hats in general. Thank you. So the one I'm wearing is the Olympic Club, which is a very prestigious club in San Francisco. Um, it's a private club, and they host a lot of big tournaments um, throughout the years. Um, so this one, we, you know, for each custom hat, I meet with the director of golf of each course. And I usually do a little fact-finding. Um, I ask them about what makes their course special. How can we make this hat unique to them and to their demographic? And on this one, we use their logo, but he also made me incorporate their slogan of play well, play fair, play fast. Is something that, you know, their members know about. So that's for this custom design program. That's kind of a little part of the service that's different than other golf courses or golf mm. companies. I want to say that I uh, I kind of want to craft it to their specific golf course, which I think other companies don't take the time to do. Yeah, I imagine, you know, Nike doesn't, isn't able, just thinking about, you know, the the David or, or the Goliath of, of the golf industry. Yeah. And their probably inability to flex and turn out, you know, new designs quickly is probably pretty impossible, nearly impossible for you. You can go have these conversations one-on-one meet with, you know, leadership at golf courses and then turn around a hat that's specific to them, their members, their community. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And they really like the fact that they have their input on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a company like Nike, they'll just come in, put in their logo hats and then, you know, kind of put, the Olympic logo to the side and that's the customization they get. Whereas with me, they get to tell their story, put in their input. They know what sells, what doesn't sell. And I think they enjoy that process. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like they get ownership of creating a hat for their course. Sure. Yeah. They're a thought partner, a design partner with you. And so they're equally, they have skin in the game too, to make sure that hat turns out amazing, exactly. what their members want or what their community wants. So then that also seems to, does that, do you feel that sets you up for success in terms of make, helping the hat sell? Absolutely. And not just, the, um, but also to, um, for them to re, be a repeat customer mm-hmm. um, and develop the line into, within their own course. So tell me about, because your designs are so different and, you know, as businesses, one of the things I teach my students or people that take my course is, you know, if you're trying to sell to everyone, you're, you're selling to no one. It's always important to differentiate and to know exactly who your ideal customer is or client. And when you think about your designs and because you offer such a unique product, 
who, how would you describe your ideal customer when it comes to your hats and designs? So I know going into this that my hats aren't for everyone, right? It's for someone that's looking for something different. They, they walk in a golf store, they always see the same brands, the Nikes, the Titleist, the Callaways. Um, I want to see my, my demographic are people between the age of like 21 to 44. And sure, from time to time, I'll have someone a little bit older or someone a little bit younger, but that's kind of the sweet spot. In within that age group, the 21 yeah. to 44 year olds, you know, there's probably really conservative people who love the just Callaway hat or the simple sure. Nike hat. Like what kind of people are these that buy your hats? Are they like more trendy? Are they urban? Like how, how would you, are they, do they like their own personal style and take that seriously? Like how would you, who would, who do you hope buys from that group from the 21 to 44 year olds? So I think they are people that want to be unique and different. Um, and that's kind of what my brand is built around. Um, they don't want the cookie cutter hats. So I think they're creative people. They, they, they're fashion conscious. Um, and, you know, they care about what they, how they look on the course. And they want to wear something that someone will come up and say, hey, that's cool. That's a little different. Where did you get that? And you want that to happen too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please, please be, you know, please, please wear my hat and and be, be my evangelist out on the course, which in reality, like as business owners, we want people going out and evangelizing our brands and, and, and wearing our things or talking about our courses or services or whatever it is, because you're, you're creating through your hats, you're creating a community of raving fans that are doing a lot of your sales and marketing for you on the course. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of apparel, right? They're in a way, they're kind of like a walking billboard for you. Totally. (laughs) But a really cool one. And, and, you know, you guys, I have to say that Jeff gave me a hat as a, as a going away present from San Francisco. I got this awesome parting gift. Um, when I moved here to Minnesota about a month ago, Jeff gave me this his own very own D Hudson hat that he had newly designed. And it's, it's a white hat and it has a heart on it and it has a rainbow kind of etched around the outside of the heart. And then under the bill, there's a rainbow. So Jeff told me the story about it. I immediately was like, my eyes got big as saucers because I love a story with meaning and, and I love to hear why people do what they do. And so what was impetus for you to create that specific rainbow hat, Jeff? I'd love to hear. So that, that this is one of my favorite stories. Um, Harding Park, which is a is where the PG Championship will be held this year. Um, it was postponed. It was supposed to take place in May, but they pushed it back to August. Um, the GM of Harding Park, Tom Smith, reached out to me and said, "Hey, Jeff." Um, would you be interested in creating a tournament hat for the pride tournament? We had huge press on it last year. I want to introduce you to Greg Fitzgerald, who is first golf professional to come out in the community saying that he is gay. Um, and I was totally excited about the opportunity. Um, I went into the meeting and it was a meeting with just Tom and Greg. And uh, initially it was for the tournament hat, 
and it, the conversation led to, well, let's create a hat for pride. Um, and that's kind of how it came about. So Greg is, um, I believe he's on the board of SF Pride and he works close with people there. And he ran that idea with the board and they were totally supportive and was excited about it. I don't think it took that much to figure it out. We knew that, I think from the previous year, they were all wearing a heart sticker during the tournament and it was a rainbow heart sticker. And that's kind of how it came about. And Greg said, it would be so cool we could turn this into a patch and make it into a cool pride hat. And, and it's not specific to golf. It's anyone can wear it. Mm. I love, I, I, I love this story because it's, it goes back to just like your, your designs are already very unique and different. Um, putting a, a heart on a golf hat it, with rainbow coloring around the heart and then on the bill that just takes it to another level of different in the golf industry. And I think that was really brave of you to, to take that leap, both for your company and your brand. Obviously you had the support of a very high profile golfer, but I think that was really brave of you to take that, that leap. And why was that? Why did that feel like a a good idea for you and your company to, to, to go that direction? Well, being based in San Francisco, um, this is, we have one of the biggest LGBTQ communities, and I thought it was a great opportunity to expand my company more than just golf. I felt this was more for a movement um, of people coming out and being okay with it and being proud of it. Um, and I got to know Greg quite a like. I've, I'm kind of close to Greg during this process and hearing his stories of how much it took for him to come out. And this is, you know, he basically announced it to the world. And, you know, when I released this line, I kind of got that little experience of what it might feel like to let people know where this might not be okay with some people. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just thought this was just a great opportunity. I had, I was given the stage to, to, to do something more than just golf, I guess. Yes. Yeah. You got the, you had the knock on the door. They, they came to you, right? Mm-hmm. They found you when you, when you started sharing the, the hat and like, Hey everyone, this hat is for sale. This is what, you know, one of our latest designs. I remember seeing that on LinkedIn and I was like, wow, that's super cool. And that to me said, spoke way more volumes than it did about a golf game. How did it feel when you, right before you like press publish, because you were taking a different angle and yes, it's 2020, but golf is such a conservative sport. I, I guess that's my perception. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the masters doesn't even allow women to play in it. Like, can we right. tackle that one next? <laughs> okay. Not everyone's going to agree with me on that, but I just, I can't imagine, you know, just maybe personally kind of what you were saying just about how it must be able to come out. Like, how did that feel? Just, you know, pressing was, the publish button. It was scary. Um, you know, writing that article on LinkedIn during the process, I was really focused on, Greg and the product and 
making sure everything was right, you know, giving everyone credit that needed to be to get credit for. But right before hitting send, um, that's when it kind of hit me like, okay, I'm kind of announcing it to the world now for my mm -hmm. brand. And I think, you know, you, you think about, well, am I going to lose followership? Um, am I going to potentially, ha um, you know, people think, I don't know, whatever they want to think of me and the brand, right? I mean, under yeah. LinkedIn, I'm doing it under my name, not hiding behind a brand, right? Sure. So um, that was really scary. And I, it took, I had a minute there to where I was, okay, I'm about to hit send. Should I do this? And I, and I did. And I, I was very surprised how well people received it. And people were liking the post and commenting and resharing. Um, and it was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's not an example of taking a risk in your business, I don't know what it is, what is, but that was a calculated risk. You knew that aligned with your personal values as well. And I think when, when we take risks in our businesses, if they align back to our personal values, I don't know if we can go wrong. I, I don't know. Like there's probably wrong ways to, to go, to go about it. But if it goes back to the core of who you are and what's important to you, and what matters, then if people don't like it, I, I always think, I think this past month or two has, has made me really think about what matters to me and my values as a business owner. And I've shared things and I'm like, you know what, if people want to unfollow me, if they want to like judge, if they don't like what I'm posting, oh, well, they're not my people. And, right. and I, and I'm okay if I don't do business with people who are not, who are not aligned with my values, right? especially things that are very important. It kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like, I know that my brand isn't for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. There's still plenty of people in this world and we can't please everybody. So no. you just got to go with, you know, even with my designs that I'm not going to please everybody, right? If they like it, great. And I would like to continue doing business with you and make you a fan of my brand. But the people I've had people come up saying, I don't wear flat bill hats. I don't like <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Why is there so much distraction under your hat? Okay. Well then okay. You, and then you can stick with the brands that you bought over the years, right? Go go bend your bill and go buy someone else. <laughs> totally fine. It's not like you're the only hat on the island. Like that's right. fine. Yeah, and you need to accept that. And um I think we actually talked about that little before getting on the podcast that, you know, you, you have to be okay with failure. You have to be okay with rejection. You have to be okay with taking risk and, and failing. In fact, one of my posters back there that I look at every day is, is Michael Jordan, you know, who I looked up to and his slogan or his, uh, his quote is, I failed over and over and over again. And that is why I succeed. So you got to take the risk and you have to be okay with failure. You know, let's talk about that a little bit more. First of all, for those that are listening, Jeff is actually in his office, which is a pool house in Marin <laughs> County, California. I am so jealous that you get to work in a pool house, but you've got this beautiful kind of like setup with bright windows. You've got your inspirational 
posters. I see one of Tiger. I see one of Jordan. You've got your hats on a shelf of all of these different designs you've done throughout the course of your business. And I mean, I, I think I, I talk a lot about how it's important to have a work and surroundings that inspire you. And clearly you've, you've got a good deal going there. Yes. I love it. I get to, it's a separate unit. I'm out of the house. I don't get distracted. Like you said, everything's white and bright and Mm -hmm. uh, I can focus on my colors and yeah, I I get a lot of inspiration just being in here. So talking about, uh, um, I, I want to talk about your inspiration and I want to talk about the um, the rejection piece. So I think we all know that, you know, we know we need to be okay with rejection, but when it happens, especially I think for people that aren't used to it or are just kind of starting something new, I mean, it, this goes from anywhere from dating to being a business owner to, you know, whatever, but rejection can really suck at first and it can cause people to just give up. And so tell us kind of about how you became comfortable with rejection and you haven't always been a business owner overnight. So you had to have done something before designing hats that maybe got you ready for rejection, but tell us a little bit about that. And like, how, what did it take for you to finally get there and be like, you know what? Oh, wow. Someone said no, big deal. So I've been in sales for over, I want to say close to 20 years, one form or or another. And I, you know, in any business that you do, you're selling a product or service, right? Someone has to buy something for you, from you. And um, being in sales for so long, you just kind of build thick skin, I guess. Um, when I first got into the business, it totally affected me. I've, you know, I've lost sleep over it, right? Mm -hmm. Why did this person say no to me? What did I say wrong? What could I have said differently? And you can't make it personal, right? It could be that the situation just didn't work out for them or that product wasn't right for them or the timing wasn't right. I mean, it could be a million different things. Um, so you kind of have to, what I've learned is you kind of just have to take it for what it's worth. Just take a no. And, you know, I've been in a lot of different sales cultures and actually the worst thing to get is a maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A maybe is something that you have to keep pushing on um, and then try to find out to get them to drill them down to a yes or a no. For me, a no is actually a better answer because I can just move on and try to find my next uh, yes, right? So in sales, they always teach you that it's your sale is one over X. So the X is how many asks, how many attempts or uh, you need to try to get your sale. And as you get better, your X will become a lower number. Um, but to go back, sorry, I'm just kind of rambling about. No, that I love this. I'm like, keep going. Cause I, I you know, I could use some practice too. I'm getting used to saying people saying no. <laughs> so I guess in say from my sales experience, I just, it's about asking enough people and then eventually one person will say yes. Mm-hmm. And to be honest for this industry, it's gotten a lot. This is actually really easy because it's so specific to them and being in it long enough now where people recognize the brand, at least around my area, 
people have heard of me and now the X is a lot lower number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always tell people just, you just got to look at it as you got to keep asking and, um, and someone's going to say yes to you and forget about the nose, just kind of block it off and move on to the mm-hmm. next person. I love that that part about maybe I haven't heard that before. And you're right. Like a maybe gets your hopes up and it it causes you to like spend energy on it. And right. And then it doesn't work out. And you're like, well, that was like, why didn't they just say no right away? Right. I get a lot of maybes in my business. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, then it kind of makes me evaluate, okay, how much do I want to invest? I'm turning this into a yes. How much do I want to invest? I'm just keeping moving forward. And if, if they decide, yes, they'll let me know. They'll let me know either way. Right. I, I love that. So people don't say maybe to someone just say yes or no. Just say yes, <laughs> please. Just say yes or no. And, then, and I've dealt with uh, my fair shares of maybe, and it's about mm-hmm. creating more value. So the reason why they're teetering, like I said, it could be a diff- many different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. But if you can create enough value, you can try to convert those maybes to a yes. But mm-hmm. like on the surface, I would take a no over a maybe oh, all the time. <laughs> love that. Yes. You know what? I would too. And I, I think I thank you for that perspective. <laughs> um, so Jeff, you haven't always been a CEO of no. D, D. Hudson. Tell us how you got, where did you start in your career? And, you know, give us the kind of, the spiel of like how you eventually got to where you are right now. So, yeah, like I've told you, I've been in sales for a long time. And I want to say I was pretty good at it. I can get people to buy things from me. Um, but I was never in an industry that I was passionate about. What, what industries were you in? Tell us, tell us, what have so you sold? I was in, geez, I've sold furniture, home security, and document solution systems. Woo! Um, <laughs> that had... <laughs> Across the board, anything. Um, and I was, like I said, I've never been in, a, in an industry that I was passionate about. And it was Esther, my wife, that said, hey, you need, why don't you figure out what exactly you love to be in and figure out the way to do it? And that's kind of what inspired me. So it actually happened after my son was born and the Warriors won their first championship and when they won their championship underneath their their championship hat there was a trophy underneath their bill and that's where i got the inspiration i'm like gosh that's that's such a cool hat why don't i apply it to the golf industry which i'm passionate about and then i named the company after my son david hudson and that way I know that I can't fail it. <laughs> <laughs> the poor kid was born into this, you know, business. So yeah, you, you got to do right by him. No, and I was, but you are. And it was, I was just at my desk one day at work and I just started doodling his name and kind of came up with the concept of the logo. And, and I just went online and just looked for hat manufacturers. And I came across this guy who kind of helped me put me in contact with this factory and I created my first hat and um, 
created a social media Instagram page and built out a website and just threw it online and it started selling. And it's, and that's when I said, okay, let's start, let's start another one or uh, create another one. And eventually it got to the point where I said, okay, let's take a dive and, and charge it and see what, what can become of this. And on, on that note, as you're creating these hats, as as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't go get any fancy funding or or get, you know, millions of dollars backing on this. You've bootstrapped this entirely yourself, haven't you? So I've actually tried starting up many businesses over the years. So this is not the first time I've tried starting a new business. I knew kind of what it took in terms of setting everything up and through my experience, I've learned, I've, I've started business where I try to come up with a bunch of capital and I have lost. Um, so I knew I had to work. I knew I had to come from like, like, like scaling up. I had to start small. I don't want to take, I don't want to expose myself to too much risk. And, and I'm still today, still big scaling, right? I think it's a it takes a little more time, but it's a safer route. Um, and it gives you time to make adjustments. What you initially plan on paper and try to execute may not work. You don't know that, right? It's better to be less committed and being able to react in your business than come up with this master plan with lots of funding and throwing tons of money at it and then just end up being like, okay, well, that didn't work. I think it's better to start with a smaller budget, see if it works, and then scale from there. And like if you're in the business long enough, opportunities will just kind of open on its own. It's about just being able to hang in there long enough. For instance, like that PGA Pride Hat situation, that if I wasn't in the business, that would have never happened, right? No. If you would have thrown in the towel six months ago and said, forget it. You, would, right. you wouldn't have stuck around for this opportunity. Right. And, and speaking of throwing in the towel, I, I love what you said, be less committed so that you can, what it, so you can react faster, be more nimble. Right. Um, that is one of the benefits of being small. Right. Um, what, kind of, what keeps you going? And, and have you ever just wanted to just call it quits and be like, you know what, maybe earlier on, but you know what, forget it this isn't working. I think every business owner kind of comes to that crossroads every once in a while. Have you had that happen? I think a lot of people want me to say, yeah, I want to throw in the towel, but I, I don't think I've ever, ever thought about quitting this. This is the best job I've ever had. Um, I mean, I'm working crazy hours, um, but it never feels like work. I mean, there's certain things I don't want to do, right? Like, I don't want to crunch papers and, and do with, deal with billing and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of, you know, but that's part of it. Um, I don't think I ever wanted to quit. I, I think it goes back to finding something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the industry I want to be in. I'm putting my son's name on the brand as the brand name. Um, he's excited about it now. Like he sees all the merchandise going out and 
we've been in public public where people are wearing his hats and he gets so excited about it. So that's what kind of gets me going, right? Oh my gosh. Uh, That's got to Yeah, I take him to golf courses now and he sees some of the privileges of being in the industry and kind of taken care of. So like, that's what kind of motivates me and want to keep going. That's got to be so cool to be out in the wild and seeing just a random person with your hat on. Yeah, I think the first time was I was picking him up from daycare and at the intersection, this man was walking his dog waiting for the light to change. And he's like, Dada, he's wearing a D-Hud hat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of being in this business. Oh my gosh. That's just like full circle. The seeds that you've planted for so many weeks, months, days, minutes. I love that point. So one of my sales managers, one of my, my favorite uh, advice for me is no effort goes unwasted. Meaning you may go out there and you may call a hundred people and that day you're deflated. You did not get a sale. You didn't get anywhere, but it's doing something. And you never know how it's going to come back to you. And I totally believe that. Um, I, everything that you do, whether it's, I don't know, just some random thing that you're doing that you feel is not important, it's doing something for your company and it's doing something for your brand. Mm-hmm. And it's just one extra set of eyes or one extra person that care about your name, you've done something. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what branding is. It's it's getting in front of people on a consistent basis. I love that. I, I think sometimes that's underestimated. People, if if they aren't as far along in their business or their career as they wish, or maybe as the next person is, or someone that they look up to, it's very easy to compare yourself to others. But I think that's so grounding to just come back to the steps, the effort, the actions, and continue just going and just doing the thing and step by step. And then knowing that no action goes unnoticed. Like you said, I, I agree. I think there's things that I've done in my business that I, that people have come back weeks, months later. And I'm like, Oh, wow. You, you saw that? I didn't think I was paying attention. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. All right. So I'm just going to keep doing this. Right. And so it, it is, it is, it can be a slow go and it is just persistence and perseverance. And I guess maybe, you know, golf just being such a meticulous sport in and of itself. Like, yeah. is there a parallel there with the game? <laughs> I think there absolutely is. I mean, yeah. Tiger Woods is out there swinging that same club a hundred times, right? Yeah. He didn't get there just by luck. It's it's hard work and it's practice. He's out there, first guy, you know, first guy on the course, last one to leave. Like you, you hear that from professionals, mm. from professional sport uh, athletes, right? The guys mm. that are the superstars are the guys that put in the work. Yeah. And um, kind of going back to sales, my sales manager, one another thing that made him so successful is he didn't bar his success in a day by how many sales he got. It's about a point system that he's created for himself 
that he measures himself for by. So whether it's cold calling a hundred people or whatever his, your, your, how you want to measure yourself, his success is, did I accomplish that every single day? Because everything else will follow. You know, you create enough momentum going for you every single day. Eventually things will follow. People are going to come back and say, Oh, I got your call or I got your email. Mm-hmm. Um, this is interesting. Can you tell me more? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that is very important. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it's, it's about reaching out to people. Um, so there's multiple avenues that you can, choose whether you can pick up the phone you can do automation through the internet now um but you got to constantly be in front of people every single day consistency yeah yep well jeff this has been amazing i've learned so much actually and i'm very inspired by your your journey and where you've taken your business since i've i've known you so i i know it can feel like you know Hey, I haven't done much, or not that you haven't done much, but it can feel like, you know, yeah, of course, you know, I'm, I've done, I'm, I'm where I am because I've done the work, but really like from the outside looking in, we talked a little bit about this before we came on is I think it's important to stop and recognize your accomplishments and for any business owner or anyone that's in a career um, working for, you know, an employer is stop and recognize how far you've come. Think about where you were a year ago, two years ago, and think about where you are now and it's because of all of the steps and the action, the consistency that you've been taking that has brought you where you are. I mean, creating a pride hat with one of the one of uh, the you know nation's most well known golfers and taking a big risk with your business. So, um, kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. else? And you, and oh, go you ahead. Didn't, uh, you know, take the time to ask me all these questions. I don't think I would sit here and reflect on that. To be honest. I'm just grinding every single day. You're just doing the, doing the things, which, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I've got a list of 16 things. I showed you my list before we <laughs> talked. You showed me mine. <laughs> or me, you showed me yours. <laughs> um, yeah. As soon as we're done, I will be getting back to the list and back to the grind myself. So before we wrap up, is there yeah. anything that we didn't talk about today that you think people might want to know or anything you want to share that you think is important for people thinking about starting a business or growing and scaling their business? I think, well, at least for me, I think finding your passion, it's so, so cliche, but if you can work in a, you know, find a job or an industry that you're absolutely passionate about, it just doesn't become work. And after that, it's, just you've got to take the take the leap and if you don't try you'll never know if I never if I never tried I mean sure I kind of did it in a way where I still had you know a, a job but like this create that side hustle and grow into that side hustle yep and you know you just got to be persistent and, and try to be in it as long as you can Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, creating a side hustle, not everybody has the luxury of just, and, and normally I always think this is the best route to go is just quitting a job and starting something new, because I think having that side hustle and something in parallel that you're doing in addition to a job can make you work scrappier, can make you, helps you f- 
focus and prioritize on what's most important because you only got, you know, two hours and an evening to work on the side hustle. Right. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think right now in, in COVID and quarantine and, and uncertain economy, having a side hustle, a second stream of income, an outlet to do something you're passionate about and interested in while making again, a, a second in, income stream, it's a win-win. And yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity out there for people to capitalize on this time that we have right now where we don't have social ob- obligations and spend an hour a night working on your passion or dream and see how you can turn that into, you know, making a, a little extra money if it's a vacation fund or if it's extra savings for your kid to go to school or college someday. Yeah. And then scale it up from there. And then scale it up from there. So <laughs> where can people buy your amazing hats and learn about your, your company? And if, if people want to go check out the pride hat or just update their golf gear, cause we can golf now, where yeah. can they go? You can go to my website. It's www.dhudsongolfware.com. That's all one word. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. And my handle is at dhudsongolfware. Um, again, all one word. dhudsongolfware, everyone. Jeff, thank you so much for being here today. It's been absolutely a pleasure hearing your story. And, you know, as, as much as we've hung out socially, um, you know, with Esther and, and your son, David Hudson, it's really nice to just sit down and talk with you about your business and, you know, hear your story even more. I learned a lot from you today. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. All right. All right, everybody, um, stay tuned for a few other thoughts and perspectives after I finish this interview, and I will give you a little more information on how to stay connected with me and, again, with Jeff after we wrap up here. So thank you for listening to The Everyday Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for listening to The Everyday Entrepreneur podcast. It was such a pleasure to have Jeff here today. He gave us so many nuggets of wisdom. I was fiercely scribbling notes in my notebook as we were doing the podcast because some of the things he mentioned were just too good. One of my favorite things was no effort goes unwasted. So if you are currently exploring, starting a business, you're trying to grow in your career, and it feels like you're putting all of the effort in with very little return, keep going. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and know that the seeds that you're planting today will be sown and reaped much later, maybe days, weeks, months, years from now, but keep doing the work, keep showing up. So friend with that, I thank you so much for being here today. You can find Jeff online at D Hudson golfware on Instagram online, D Hudson Check out his retail site. And you can also find me at Holly Knoll on Instagram, Holly online, or shoot me an email, Holly at Holly Thank you again for being here. You could have been anywhere else and you chose to be here with Jeff and me today. And for that, I thank you. Stay in touch, friend, and I will see you next time on The Everyday Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining me this week on The Everyday Entrepreneur. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I'm truly grateful to you. Make sure to stop on my website and you can subscribe there to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. Finally, 
check out my free guides to starting a business at hollynoll.com slash free. And be sure to tune in two weeks from today for my next episode. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.